someone's looking for an answer, and this is permission-based marketing because they're looking for something, a theory of search really kind of goes into helping users make decisions, which, of course, should be to you know do business with your company. And so the way you're doing marketing, per se, is not really marketing. It's actually helping people come to the conclusions of decision-making. The Online Marketing Show with Joseph Bushnell, helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hello and welcome to the Online Marketing Show. This is Joey Bushnell. Today's special guest is one of the world's leading authorities on Google AdWords, Brad Geddes. Go to certifiedknowledge.org to find out more. Now, Brad is the author of the book Advanced Google AdWords, and in this episode, we will be discussing exactly that, Advanced Google AdWords Strategies and Tactics. And uh, we'll be covering everything from search theory, quality score, keyword research, ad extensions, writing ads, advanced targeting options, landing pages, remarketing, and everything in between. So if you use AdWords as part of your marketing or you plan on using it, you won't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Brad, thank you so much for being on the show. Ah, Thank you, Joey. Pleasure to be here. Brad, how did you get into Google AdWords and how did you end up writing your book, Advanced Google AdWords? Well, it, it, I'll, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version because it's a pretty long story. But sure. I, I got into AdWords initially um, using GoTo.com and, and Overture before Google AdWords even existed. And then once AdWords launched, I started using that system. And I was working at an agency where we had over 42,000 paid search accounts under management, um, a huge, huge number. And so I had a really good relationship with Google to where we actually started doing um, seminars together, training seminars for their local client base. And so I really got to to train. I mean, it was over 4,000 people. Um, how, to, how to run AdWords and, and a really good, concise structure of training. Mm-hmm. And then when Wiley approached me to write a book, I already had you know the relationship with Google and the structure of how to take someone kind of from A to Z. And so it translated well into finally writing a book. But um, I've been doing paid search longer than Google's been a company. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it's, this is sort of a natural progression. Brad, your book starts off talking about a concept called search theory. Could you give us the high-level overview of what search theory is? Sure. So when you think of search, someone is actively looking for something. And, and when you take that as one aspect, and you have a second aspect that search itself is not interruptive marketing. Um, where it's not like television where we force you to stop watching your show, to watch a commercial, to go back to your show. And so when you think of someone's looking for an answer, and this is permission-based marketing because they're looking for something, a theory of search really kind of goes into helping users make decisions, which of course should be to you know do business with your company. And so the way you're doing marketing per se is not really marketing. It's actually helping people come to the conclusions of decision-making. And so you helping them out and, and providing a service for them also gets you customers. 
And so these two concepts work really well together to, to make AdWords or any paid search system um, really effective for any business type. Why is it really important that um, ourselves, the advertiser or, or the marketer, um, and Google and the searcher are all in alignment? Yeah, so keeping Google in alignment is all about quality scores and CPCs. And Google might be slightly out of alignment. But uh, let's frame the question for a second. So when you when you consider a search result, someone looking for something, you have Google on one side has a goal of a repeat searcher. And this is why they have quality score because they just want to make sure a searcher has a good experience so they search again. They don't care which advertiser they have the experience with. They just want to make sure it's a good experience. Mm-hmm. Now, on the searcher standpoint, we want new customers. Like That's why we're spending money, right? A customer acquisition, customer retention, so forth. And the searcher just wants to find answers. Mm-hmm. So kind of like search theory, as an advertiser, if you're providing answers to customers, they're happier, you're happier, it's good, and then – Google more dictates, dictates policies, and when you're in alignment with them, then, then yeah, you get better quality scores, lower CPCs, but you might be slightly out of line with Google. But if you're in alignment with the searcher, then that's conversion rates go up. Good stuff happens for marketing. And if we're way out of line with Google, Brad, could we find ourselves getting banned or in trouble with them? Oh, sure, sure. So they dictate policies. So if yeah. you are doing stuff against policies and completely out of line with Google, then yeah, you could be banned. You could see your, your quality scores at one and never show. So you can't ignore what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You can just choose. I mean, you've got to be 70% of alignment with them, right? Just to have a good active account. If you're 90%, then, then great. As long as it's profitable for you. Um, and, and that's that balancing act with, with Google's policies. And if we're not in alignment with the searcher, then we're just going to be wasting money, aren't we? So my next question is that um, AdWords pretty much begins with keyword research. Uh, do you have any tips for advanced keyword research? Sure. So before I, I research keywords, I actually I step back first mm-hmm. and I diagram the buying funnel for a company. Um, and look at how users you know, become customers and then decide where the search connection points are because I want to do research into those buying phases. So if people I – mean, when you think of like a basic funnel, right? we have our awareness phase, we have our learn phase, and we have our buy phase. Let's make it a real simple funnel. And so if you find that the learn phase is where people come to your site and your site moves them to the buy phase – then you need, you know, from an acquisition standpoint, more learn-based keywords. If there's multiple steps and, and they really go research many times, then you want keywords throughout the funnel. So it really starts with funnel layout. Um, and, and then past funnel layout, it gets into picking the actual keywords and, and doing the research, which again comes back then to aligning business goals. So what is the goal, right? Is it more people aware of a product, especially when your product launches? Is it selling something? That dictates the, the keywords. So, mm-hmm. you know, number one really is why are you doing the research and, and for what? Mm-hmm. Um, past that, it, it gets into how you want to organize things, right? And so then I usually just start with ad group research first, not even keyword research. Mm-hmm. You know, what ad groups do I want? Where do they fall in the buying funnel? And then the third phase would be populating those ad groups with keywords. So when you're finding those keywords, are you using the Google AdWords Planner, which is Google's own in-house tool that they offer to their advertisers, 
or do you use a third-party tool? So I do a variety of things. So I do use the Google Keyword tool quite a bit. Um, I will use tools like SEMrush on occasion. And uh, it's kind of sad to say, but in certain instances, I won't even use a keyword research tool. Um, if it's a a e-commerce company around clothing apparel, and, and they've got a healthy budget, right? They're going to spend several hundred thousand you know, dollars or pounds per month. Then we might just sort of the site map and say, okay, here's all your landing pages, what keywords and what ad groups and products fit these landing pages, and and do some very broad estimations to see can we hit this budget, what's our projected conversion rate, so forth, but really populate an entire account with never doing research. And I wouldn't suggest that for smaller companies, but when you look at some of these e-commerce sites with a million landing pages, you're not going to do research for them all. You're going to start more with what's the sitemap look like. In other cases, you know, you really do need to dig in the keyword tool, you know, medical jargon. How do people really search medical stuff that you need a, a tool for because it's not a straightforward search. Mm-hmm. So use of tool or not use depends more on the volume available and how obvious versus how you know, hidden are the actual queries being done. What options do we have for targeting? I know that this is changing all of the time, but right now in the summer of 2014, what really good advanced targeting options do we have? So, and this is where you have to separate out search from display. So on, on search, you know, targeting is, is obviously keyword and keyword match type and potentially negative keywords. And then you have geography, you have time of day, you have devices to an extent with modifiers, um, and then you have remarketing lists for search, which is a behavior targeting applied on top of search. And so search has your basic sort of bigger levers. When you get into display, your targeting options are, are extensive because you've got, again, still time of day, geography, devices, but you, you can then target by topics or keywords or interests. You can do behavioral stuff based upon remarketing lists. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so display, and you can mix and match the combinations on display. So you might say that someone can only see an ad if you know, they're in London, they spent four minutes on your website, and then they're going to search again for a broad term like car you would normally bid, and, and then they could see a search ad. Right? Mm-hmm. So you can get really specific um, with targeting. When you, when you layer, especially search and display together, it gets pretty crazy. So with display, is it possible to pick certain websites that you want to be on? Also, can we advertise on YouTube as well? Oh, definitely, right? So you can do YouTube advertising. There's several ad slots for YouTube. You can pick individual websites. Now, depending on the website owner, some don't allow this, some do. Like on publisher stuff, final control. But you can also do individual website targeting. So you're... Uh, display options are are vast um, for how different, different ways you can target display. So we've done our targeting and we've done our keyword research now. Uh, now it's time for the ad creative. We need to write a winning advert that gets clicked on. Any tips for us there? Sure. So uh, number one, you always want two ads per ad group per device. So if you've got an ad group that's targeting desktops and mobile devices, you really want four ads, right? Two desktops, two mobile specific, and do your testing by device. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to really start, and, and this is a personal preference, as long as you have a framework of testing, you're in good shape. But I like to start where one ad is, you know, captivating headline, 
layers out you know, a feature and then a benefit and, and see how the benefits lay into targeting. And then another ad that's, again, a headline that draws attention. A benefit is D1 and a call to action is D2. And then, of course, display URL is important to direct users to what they're going to see post-click. Mm-hmm. Um, and I usually start with those couple formulas, although depending on where they're in the buying cycle depends more if you should be a feature or benefit-laden ad how much you should work on calls to action. You know, you'll see different things from search and display. So testing's paramount to, to being successful with ads, but you really need a framework to start with. And, and that's using my framework. And um, again, depends on, on volume. If it's an account spending a million dollars a month, you're going to start with more. If it's spending a thousand dollars a month, you'll start with less. It's interesting that you said there about the buying cycle. So if the keyword uh, or the search term that was being typed in by the searcher was maybe something that indicated that they were very ready to buy. You know, maybe they were price shopping or something like that. Would you sh- show maybe a different ad for that kind of a keyword rather than a keyword that indicated that they were new to the market, that perhaps they were just searching for education on it or they're just dipping their toes into it for the first time? Would you write different ads depending on those things? Definitely. So if let's say someone's buying a, a big screen television set, mm-hmm. right? And so they first, I mean, there's a lot of options out there. So if someone's, you know, searching for plasma TV, they don't know what they want. They, they probably don't even know what plasma is versus other types. So like a buying guide type of page, landing page would be a good idea. So an ad that is more like learn how to buy a plasma or learn about the features for choosing televisions. And I'm just making these up. You could write something better with a little more thought. Um, It would be a better ad where if someone is, you know, buy Samsung 52-inch LCD television set, right? I mean, that's a clear by query. So you're going to focus on, you know, price, quick shipping or or free shipping, um, it's in stock, completely different ads because the user's in, in a different mindset of the product research. Absolutely. And um, it seems to come back to this old copywriting wisdom, which is um, that sometimes it's about the words that you use. And sure, that does have an impact. It does make a difference. But also sometimes the thing that makes the real difference is just entering the conversation that's already going on in their head. Uh, and, and I guess that's what we're doing here in a way, isn't it, Brad? Exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Entering the conversation already in their head. I like that. So another thing that we can do with our ads is we can put these little things on them called ad extensions, which basically add a little bit more functionality to the ad. Could you tell us a little bit more about those, please? Sure. So there's a large variety of of ad extensions. Um, And number one, everyone should use them because they're not part of ad rank. And I know we'll touch on clause for in a bit, but, but they're actually used to calculate where ads show up. But you've got site links, which show when your ads are at the top of the page and, and direct users to very specific places on pages. Um, you can do call tracking, which you can even make it so that if someone's on a mobile phone, their only option is to call you. They can't even get to your website. <laughs> so with mobile, if you have a bad mobile experience that your site doesn't work on mobile, but you want phone calls, the call extension's great. Um, review extensions let you put third-party reviews directly in the ads for local businesses. You have driving directions you can put in the ads, which on mobile phones come up as uh, the maps applications will load depending on you know, your phone settings. So there's a lot of stuff you can add to sort of you know spice up your ads and make them much more attractive. And beyond that, take up a lot more real estate in search results, which kind of 
shows your ad more and, and pushes your competitors down too. Sure. So it's just dependent on our specific situation. But if we think that one of those ad extensions would enhance our particular ad, then then go for it. Yeah. And you know what? That used to be great advice like a year ago. And in October last year, um, Google changed ad rank formula. So it used to be for a long time. It was it was your max CPC times your quality score. And because extensions can have dramatic effects on click-through rate. Google realized they have to look at extension data as well. So if the act of adding extensions to an account that doesn't have any could increase your positions without increasing prices. So it really is everyone should sort of look at the extensions and pick a minimum of two or three that they really do want to use and make sure they're active in all their campaigns. Brilliant. Let's um, talk about landing pages. When someone has clicked the advert, Brad, and they land somewhere, this is what's called a landing page. Do you have any tips for us for a good Google-friendly landing page that converts? So I guess what I'm trying to say here is that it's a landing page that both satisfies Google, but also satisfies the searcher as well, so that we can get them into our funnel or, or make a sale or whatever our goal might be. Sure. And this is where you have to start subdividing. Um, e-commerce versus lead generation type sites. Mm-hmm. So with lead generation, it is easy to make pages that exist outside of your normal navigation where you might have a page that, you know, at the top echoes kind of like the keyword headline. You're, you're running a form or a call action on the side of the page and you've got your mid content, which reinforces why someone should do an action with you. And, and so with Google, you know, they look at how fast it loads, what's the bounce rate or, or theoretically bounce back rate on the site, so forth, but also some minimum content amounts. Uh, again, just, I mean, a couple hundred words is fine and some links. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be featured, can be, you know, near the bottom of your page. And, and so with Legion, it's nice to kind of look because you'll have things like different dimensions, such as geography matters for Legion. It doesn't matter so much for e-commerce in, until you get in a country level. Um, and, and so dedicated pages with limited navigation, Putting someone into, hey, do this action is great for lead gen. For e-commerce, that's really hard because you might have a thousand products and you may have a hundred thousand products and trying to make a hundred thousand landing pages for e-commerce is not going to happen. So that is more of, about having a good CMS and template testing as opposed to testing individual pages. Um, the, the, the hardest part of e-commerce is that unique content. If you're using lots of manufacturer descriptions, then it's duplicated content everywhere. It, it obviously doesn't rank as well. And so, you know, picking your top products and really focusing on some content can increase your quality score and increase conversion rates. Um, and so e-commerce and Legion are a little bit different in, in how you make really good pages for them. Do you find that when you're working on campaigns yourself, Brad, uh, that typically you're sending people to an opt-in page where you're trying to generate a lead? Or do you find that you're typically sending people to a product page where you're trying to get them to buy something? I do both. So there's no – and sometimes it's more someone's launching a brand new phone. And so they just want everyone to realize, hey, Samsung's got this new phone out there. And they just want you know 10,000 people a day to see the page and have under a 30% bounce rate or more than two minutes – on site, and and that's the goal, and so that would be totally different because that's video focused or something, as opposed to action focused, and so really comes back to business goals, how you're going to structure pages and how aggressive you would be about getting a conversion versus, 
hey, also sign up for a newsletter and, you know, to, or learn more about how this phone launches or, you know, give us an email and you get a discount, which is a very soft conversion activity. Mm-hmm. So that changes a lot by, by business objective, which when I mean, you want to have account, eight business objectives and you just have to look at what the objective is for these particular words and, and, and goals. You mentioned earlier, Brad, about quality score where Google will basically judge our landing page and how relevant it is to the keyword that we're going after. So, first of all, how important is quality score? And secondly, if it is important, how can we boost our quality score? Sure. So it is super important. If your quality score is is ones and twos, your ad doesn't show. If it's three in most industries, that you'll show some of the time, but when you do, you're probably paying double your competition if you got good competition. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to have everything show all the time. Um, quality score starts the organization. You know, when you when you consider someone searched for you know, this word because they're looking for information, why it may be a product, could be a buy page, whatever. Um, do you have an ad and a landing page that that are that flow with that keyword? And so this is that really good granular organization structure where you rarely see a good ad group with a hundred keywords. You see ad groups with one to twenty keywords in them that that work well. So that's really the first step is organization. And then two, assuming you've got a landing page, okay, it's all about ad testing because quality score comes down so much to to variations of click through rates. And it's not just straight seats here. They've got a lot of other forms going on too, but most of quality scores, organization and then ad testing and unless landing page is bad. And then it's, it's sort of diagnosing landing page issues. Those are the main, main factors really. If we are doing this well, let's say that we're getting a 10 out of 10 for our quality score, Brad. Does that mean that we are getting lower cost per clicks that Google is basically going to favor us? Yeah, so I mean, you sh- if your competition has eights, then yeah, you're getting lower cost per clicks, or you're getting higher positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is where the math can be weird because theoretically, in in certain instances, you could be paying more, but you're probably a couple positions higher. But in most cases, quality score goes up, your position goes up, and your CPC often goes down. Okay, image ads, video ads, mobile ads, all of these are different types of ads that you can do on Google. Are these possible for the search network, or are these for display network only? Well, mobile is a subset. So video, image are are display only, but you can have a text mobile ad or an image mobile ad. So that's, that's sort of a preference type. It's a modifier to the ad itself. But text is for search, and a rich media, video, image, so forth, is for display. My final question is about remarketing. You mentioned it earlier. How does remarketing work on Google? So remarketing is great. So essentially, you have someone comes to your site, and, and they do a behavior pattern. Maybe they checked out on your page. Maybe they, they viewed product pages. Maybe they spent three minutes on pages. You get to determine what the behavior pattern is. Um, and, and then they leave your site. And then you can serve ads back to them across the display network based upon how they behave. So and this is where it's useful to think of your buying cycle and even customer retention. So let's do something simple like flowers. So let's say you sell flowers. So you might have one remarketing list, which is someone who spent more than two minutes on your site and looked at two products. And then you can have another list of someone who actually checked out. Mm-hmm. And, and so for your list one, you might say, well, they're currently browsing flowers and looking for something. So let's show them ads Continuously for the next in a week or two. And then for someone who checked out, you might say, well, they're an actual buyer. So 
We're going to keep their list around right before holidays come up, Valentine's Day or Mother's Day, and really serve ads to that user when they're more likely to buy a second time. And so when you sort of you know look through analytics and segment your user behavior types, you can then choose, you know, just like our buying funnel, how you want to reserve ads to cross display network to to help them you know, finish their ultimate goal or in the case of remarketing to converters to have them increase their lifetime value with your particular company. So they've been to your website, they've taken the appropriate action that you decided on and then they go to another website that happens to have AdSense showing and they see your ad again. Uh, and then later on, they go over to YouTube and they see your ad again and it kind of follows them around and, and basically invites them back. Exactly. Yeah. Now, you have to frequency cap with them. I mean, if you don't frequency cap, someone can see your ad 50 times in a day, which is just overwhelming. It feels kind of stalkerish. Yeah. So, so your frequency cap is how often someone can see an ad in a time frame. So you definitely want to frequency cap them mm-hmm. um, to, to stop that kind of negative behavior. But, but yeah, they're fantastic to use. Do you have any um, figure for that? Any sort of uh, rule of thumb that you stick to? Like, is seeing your ad 10 times in a day too much? You know what? I don't because it depends on what it is. And this yeah. is – so mine is importionally related to the length before they finally buy. So like if someone came to my site on a word like, you know, buy this TV today, well, I'm going to have a really high frequency cap for 72 hours or something because they're going to buy right now. Yeah. If it's cruise vacation packages – this is going to take them a month to decide. I might do be a six to ten a day for a month, and and so it really the the clo- the less time you have before they finish that decision, the higher frequency cap is going to be. The more time, the the lower your cap is probably going to be. Sure. So this is where the buying cycle comes into play again. Uh, and with that, Brad, thank you so much for this fantastic information that you've given us today. You've given us a lot of great information about Google AdWords, which is really going to help us. Um, but your book has absolutely everything in it. It really is the A to Z. Um, so where can we buy your book? And also, where can we find out more about you? So the easiest place to buy the book is usually Amazon. Their shipping is great. I mean, you can buy it from any any retailer um, carries it. Well, not any retailer carries it, but any retailer can order it, and any online shop has it. But Amazon is usually cheapest and quickest. Um, if you want to learn more, I, I'm on Twitter at, at, at BG Theory or visit our site at CertifiedKnowledge.org. I mean, you can find me. I'm all over the web. Certified Knowledge is that a course or a training that you run? It is. It is a training and tool site um, mm-hmm. designed to, to sort of teach everyone, you know, through video, um, how to run AdWords. So fundamentals to beginner to pretty advanced stuff. And then we have a handful of tools to, well, maybe a dozen tools to make your life just easier with with things that um, Excel quite, can't quite handle, but Google doesn't provide. Like, you know, how do you make ten thousand ads across in a hundred or a thousand ad groups in thirty minutes? Right? We have, we have tools that make just life a little bit simpler to manage accounts. Excellent. That's the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening to this, iTunes, Stitcher, or however you like to listen to the show. It would be much appreciated. And Brad, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. The Online Marketing Show with Joseph Bushnell, helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money.